0: This is the When Life Happens podcast, the real podcast, all about helping real people overcome real life issues successfully. And since life never stops, let's get after it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I'm your host, William Jackson. I'm super excited because we get another opportunity to live, learn, and grow together. I was thinking and preparing for today's episode and I caught myself going down memory lane. Have you ever had those moments where you stop and begin to reminisce and you start going back down the corridors of history and replaying things that happened in life and you start to reminisce, you start to go back and remember and everything starts with a thought. It starts with a thought. It filters down into your emotions and it comes out into your actions. You know, what's funny is because a lot of times when people begin to reminisce or reenact or go back and rethink or relive experiences, they oftentimes have a different experience from what actually happened. (laughs) I'm one of those. I would have to go back and almost fact check my memories with people who were actually there because I can remember something completely different. You ever had those moments where you go back and you start to reminisce about a past situation and you're like, Oh, we had the best time of our lives. And then someone had to remind you and say, no, we almost died. And then you go back and say, Oh, yeah, I guess we did almost die, huh? It's amazing how the mind works, how the mind is only able to process and lock in 40 to 50 bits of information at a moment. But there are 11 million impressions that are fighting for dominance in your brain. So some of those impressions are actual pieces of the truth of situations that have happened in the past. But if you are reminiscing... In a certain state of mind, we have the tendency to go back and relive it a certain way. What do I mean by that? When you start to think back over your life, if you start reminiscing, and in this very present moment, you are frustrated, you are angry, you are tired. When you go back and start to relive the things that have happened, you have the tendency to view things through the perspective of your current moment. But everything can shift when you shift your perspective to actually see and identify the truth. It's crazy how we can look back over our lives and see things one way based on our emotional, mental, spiritual, and even physical disposition in this moment. The brain doesn't know or is unable to distinct or make the distinction between what's reality and what's past. It's all about how you connect to it, mind, body, soul, and spirit. That's how you can think about something and relive the entire emotion as if it's happening today because the brain just knows what's going on within our brain waves, within our psyche. And everything that I'm thinking about connects with how I'm feeling and it comes out into my actions. That's how we can get into trouble if we're not careful about going back down the corridors of history and reminiscing and reminding ourselves of things that have happened when we are not ourselves healed, when we're not in a healthy state, when you are already in a place where you feel down about life, If you feel stuck, if you feel like you can't break through, if you feel like nothing is going the way you want it to, if you feel like if it's not one thing or it's another, that is not the place to begin to reminisce about life (laughs) because you have the tendency to look back and only find the negative aspects, only find the pieces that were traumatic. And once you start connecting your mind to the trauma of your past consistently, you start reliving it emotionally, and then it starts affecting you in this present moment. This is how things continue to show themselves or reoccur, or we start to, to enter into what I like to call those emotional cycles where every single time I feel like I'm at a good place, something from the past or something from a situation or something reminds me of something that I haven't healed from. And my mind goes back to the trauma of a situation that took place years ago. And then I start reliving it emotionally. And then it affects me in this present moment. It is imperative that when you start going back to look at your past or look at your history that you look at it or that you develop or heal to the point where you're able to look at it through healthy lenses, through healed lenses, through whole lenses, because if you're looking at it through the fragments of the pain of your past, your view is going to be skewed. And every time you go back and look to it in a specific light, you reconnect yourself to it. You reconnect yourself to the trauma of your past every time you go back and relive it emotionally. That's why it's so key to heal now so that when you go back and look at where you've come from, you see your story as one of triumph and one of perseverance. You see your story as one of development When you start looking at life, you start seeing things through the lens of, man, I overcame that. Man, those things that tried to break me didn't. That when I look back on the things that should have taken me out, that a normal person would have died back then. But somehow, by God's grace, I was able to make it through. I was able to grow. I was able to push past. And look at me now. I'm still here. I'm still standing. That's when you have a healed perspective, when you look backwards. But if you have not healed the lenses of your perception, when you look back, you'll start going back and start saying things like, oh, my life was so hard. Oh, it was so difficult. Nothing went my way. I never got what I wanted. My heart kept getting broken. People kept using me. People kept abusing me. Every time I tried to get ahead, it seemed like I ended up in failure. Everything that I tried failed. Nothing worked when you start confessing those things and giving them life or or breathing life back into that emotion, you are waking up the very thing that tried to destroy you. Sometimes you just have to let sleeping dogs lie. Don't wake up that beast. If you can't wake it up or relive it from a healthy perspective, Don't go back there. Don't continue to rehearse the the trauma of your past from a broken perspective. Because you cannot live your life backwards. I think sometimes we feel that if I go back and reminisce or I go back and try to understand or figure it out that somehow I will be able to to reach a place where now I am able to push forward and now because I've made it make sense to me then i somehow have what i need or the closure that i need to move forward here's the hard truth i'm sorry to tell you this i don't know if you've ever heard this and if you haven't i hate to be the bearer of difficult news i don't like to say bad news because sometimes the news that we need to hear can be difficult and it may not be what we want to hear but it is in fact good for us here is the difficult news There are some chapters that you are going to have to close without a conclusion. There are some things you are going to have to move forward from without resolution, without an apology, without feeling content with what happened, without someone actually owning what they did to you or someone taking accountability for their actions. Sometimes you just have to say that didn't make sense. I didn't deserve it. Even as we've moved forward, there are people who have a different perspective and understanding of what the actual truth is is because they are looking through the lens of their past through selfish lenses and not healed whole lenses. Because here's the truth about healing. When you heal, it brings you face to face with you. See, total healing, when we get to that place where we have tapped into total healing, it brings me face to face with me, not just you. We can only heal partially if we only come face to face with the things that people did to us. Because I am only approaching it from a victim mentality. And the only thing that comes to a victim is more defeat. It is not until you become a victor over the situation that you break the cycle of mental, emotional, and spiritual anguish, torment, and trauma. And sometimes making the transition from victim to victor, from defeat to victory, is having the understanding that I will not have a conclusion, resolution, or what I need to feel okay with the last defeat. There are some defeats, some battles you're just going to have to walk away from. It didn't work. I lost. I don't know why. I don't know how, but I have to keep moving forward. And I can't allow myself to be stuck in a period of time, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, where I am now stagnant and unable to grow because I cannot actually tap into a fulfilled life while I am stagnant in the past while I am stuck in the situations that I just came out of. The Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said that life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. We cannot progress effectively if we are constantly rehearsing the things that happened to us through an unhealed perspective. I can't effectively step into this moment until I actually understand that my perspective of the past has the ability to shape my ability To show up in the present, which will then alter my ability to be successful in the future. How I look back determines how I move forward. And most of the times, people look back and they stay back. Because either we look at it from an unhealthy perspective, an unhealed perspective, a wounded perspective... We look at it through a selfish perspective. And it's not until we get to the place that we can look at it through a victorious, strengthened, determined, healthy, whole perspective that we can actually extract the lessons that took place back then. Because the only time a situation is a loss and not a lesson Is when we are unable to extract the lesson, extract the tools, and extract the things that will make us successful in the future. I don't have losses. I have lessons because I can go back to everyone and say, okay, even though that was stupid, even though that hurt, even though that was difficult, there was something that I can extract, that I can pull from, that I can say, ooh, okay that's a great takeaway now it hurt but i can look at my pain with more of appreciation because i can see what was developed in that season when i go into the gym i can look at the pain that i'm putting my body through from a positive perspective because i know what it's developing in me i know it's making me stronger i know it's making me more able to carry more weight, to be more effective, to protect my family, to put me in a place where I'm able to thrive and succeed, that I have the energy, the stamina, and the tenacity to go after everything that I was created to do. I can look at the pain through a healthy and proper perspective. But if I don't have the ability to look back at the things that I've gone through, That's how you can determine if you have healed or not. When you can look back and say, okay, that was uncomfortable. It hurt. It was difficult. But man, I'm glad I went through it because I got stronger, because I got wiser, because it killed some of this selfish nature in me, because it made me better for the things that I desire to accomplish in life. That's when you know that you've healed. And I know, I know there can be some pretty traumatic things that have happened to people in life. There have been some pretty traumatic things that have happened to me. But guess what? Even if the things that I went through gave me the tools, the resources, and the strategies to help one person not have to go through the same thing I went through, to help one person accomplish their destiny, their dreams, and their goals, or give one person hope that you can come out of this and you can thrive and be successful, then it was worth it. It was worth it because we are not put on earth to live our lives just on the sole basis of what pleases us. By nature, we are created for other people, for community, for the people who are coming after us. And we owe it to ourselves. You owe it to yourself to heal your perspective so that when you look back, when you reminisce, when you go back down history lane, you can look at it through the lens of the strength and the determination, and the tenacity, and the resilience that you yourself endured all of those things with. It should have broke you. It should have made you lose your mind. It should have prevented you from being successful at anything, but it didn't. Life didn't win, you did. The things that you have gone through in life, it didn't break you. But you got to be able to look back and reminisce from a healthy and healed perspective. If not, do me a favor, don't look back. Don't look back. Just just focus right now. Heal now and keep your eyes forward. Eyes forward. I love when I'm seeing soldiers who are uh, standing in line or in formation, or they're marching, you see that they are focused only forward. Their eyes aren't swayed by distractions, by people moving, they are focused forward. (laughs) Even the soldiers and those who are uh, out in the palace uh, in the UK, you, and you see the people who are always trying to make them laugh or they're trying to distract them and they have this laser like focus. And there are people are dancing and people making all of this noise and people were trying to be a distraction, but because they have committed to the focus. And they have trained to maintain focus. Because that's the key. Training yourself to maintain focus training yourself to have a healthy perspective because if you don't when you look back or when you are distracted by the unhealed parts of your heart everything that you're working for can be put at risk so you got to be able to reminisce effectively because if not when you look back it will affect how you show up now which will alter your ability to show up in what's coming next. Earlier today, I was reminiscing about this time where I was younger and we were living um, at this place that had this elaborate pool. And I remember it was the summertime. School was out. Everybody was at the pool. And this pool was the place to be. It's the pool that all the kids wanted to be at and all of the parents wanted their kids to be at because it was free and it kept them out of the house. (laughs) And when the kids are out of the house, you get to keep groceries longer. (laughs) When the kids are gone, you get to maintain a sense of normalcy in a refrigerator. But the pool was elaborate. It had fountains, it had spouts, it had slides, it had waterfalls, and there were these ledges on the inside of the pool where you could sit on them like benches, and while you were on the bench, everything from the waist down could be submerged in the water without you having to be completely in the water, and I remember vividly, I mean, I remember it as if it happened yesterday. One day I was at the pool and I decided that I was going to lay down on this ledge in the pool because the cool thing about the ledge is that if you lay down on it, it would pretty much simulate floating, but with support. Like when you lay down, all of your body was in the water, but your face was out of the water so that you could breathe. Your head was in the water, but your face wouldn't be and you would simulate actually floating with support it's like when someone's teaching you how to float and they say well lay back into my arms and it's always easy to float when you are supported now i digress i always had trouble floating i was the one who i would jump up you know and lay in the water and then after about three seconds my feet would begin to sink down directly into the bottom of the pool like I could not keep my feet up I don't care how much air I put in my lungs no matter what breathing techniques I tried every time I tried to float my my feet would go up for about three seconds and then they would start drifting and then I would have to kick again and then they would drift and I would have to kick again and they would drift I was always jealous of the people who were super buoyant like I, I knew people who could literally go to sleep Floating in the pool and you know, I was always one of those who would splash you just because I couldn't do it Yeah, wake up, you know, but anyway, I was laying down on this ledge and it was quite relaxing Even though laying down on the ledge was not what the ledge was intended for It's amazing the things that can happen when we step out of using things for their intended purpose It is amazing the things that can happen when we step out of using things for their intended purpose. Do you know that in order to be dysfunctional, it doesn't mean that you have to be broken? It means only that you have to use something or be used outside of its original functionality that it was intended for. Every time you use something outside of its original design functionality, it becomes dysfunctional. Every time you have a table and you pull a table over and you step over on top of it to reach something up high, the table is now dysfunctional because the table was never supposed to be a ladder. And I wonder, I digress for a moment, how many times people have used you Outside of your original intended functionality. How many relationships have been dysfunctional because they were using each other outside of their original intended functionality? She was never supposed to be your mother. She was supposed to be your wife. He was never supposed to be your father or pay for the things that your father did. He was supposed to be your husband. I wonder, I wonder. So anyway, I was relaxing on this ledge, laying down on it, which was not what it was intended for. And I was laying on the ledge, and there was a neighborhood friend of mine who, every time we got into the pool, we would wrestle. I don't care. It didn't matter what day it was. When we got in the pool, it was almost like one of those Wild Wild West showdowns, duels. You know, when we saw each other, you heard that. burn okay don't judge me I can't do it but you know what I'm talking about you know exactly what I'm talking about and when we would see each other it was like okay it's on we used to play rough in the pool I'm talking about slamming each other dunking each other holding each other underwater and sometimes what's crazy is that we set ourselves up by what we willingly participated in in the past because every time I saw him it was it was roughhousing. When I saw him, it was on site. It was we were it was it was time to go. We were going to wrestle. We were going to duel in this pool. It was almost like the seas would part when we would come in. Everybody would move out of the way because they know oh it's about to go down. But sometimes we can set ourselves up by what we willingly participated in in the past, because while I was laying there on the ledge he decided it would be a good idea to come jump and sit on my chest and hold me underwater. Now, this is not unusual behavior at the pool. In fact, people knew not to even walk by the edge of the pool unless you were trying to go in because the probability for you getting pushed or pulled in the water was extremely high. And you know what's crazy is because the times that I would go to pools... It didn't matter if you were fully clothed, if you had on pool attire, if you had your phone in your hand or not. If you were walking by the edge, people would push you in the pool. Started a lot of fights. I wasn't one of them, but I've seen it done many a time. So he jumped on me, which was not unusual because this was the type of behavior that I willingly participated in in the past. But this time, I didn't have a chance to catch my breath. He jumped on me. He held me down and took my struggle to get him off of me as a sign that I was playing as I normally would. But I was actually drowning and fighting for my life. You know, isn't it interesting how when your normal behavior is no different From your emergency behavior, people can misinterpret and not see the severity of the issue. When there is no difference in how you are normally and how you are when you're upset, people will automatically quantify what you're dealing with as normality. There will be no difference when you have an issue. People will automatically look at it as, oh, that's just them being them. You could be heartbroken. You could be upset. You could be frustrated and they can look at it. Oh, that's just you being you. Why? Because there is no difference. If you're always angry, if you're always frustrated, if you're always in a bad mood, then when you actually need somebody to help you, when you're actually crying out for help emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, you will be left alone to your own devices because people will automatically think that this is just you being you. It's interesting how when normal behavior is no different from the emergency behavior, what is the emergency behavior? It's when I actually need you. It's the boy that cried wolf. When there actually is a wolf, nobody's coming. That's why it's important to make sure that we are treating not just our relationships, but just the people that we're connected to and the people that we are around with a sense of decency and respect because you never know who you're going to need and when you are going to need them. So here I was fighting for my life and he was laughing as hard as he could and working hard to keep me underwater. I mean, this went on what I felt like for minutes. And when you are snatched underwater the water and you don't have the ability to catch your breath and it's the shock of it all, It's very traumatizing. When I was finally able to get free and breach the surface of the water and I gasped violently and I began choking. When I looked up at him, I was furious. But his face showed utter shock and amazement. He couldn't believe that I was actually drowning and that he in fact almost killed me. He kept saying, I didn't know. I I didn't know. And in my mind, through my gasps, I kept saying, how couldn't you know? I was fighting with all I had. His response, I know, but that's how we always fight. What happens when people get used to fighting with you and can no longer decipher between your normal fighting and you fighting for your life? What happens when you're drowning and you're just trying to catch a breath, but nobody is taking it serious because I can't decipher what is fighting, what's normal behavior, what's emergency behavior? I almost drowned. And if I hadn't used all of my might to get him off of me, I probably would have. And I was like, are you crazy? What's your problem? And he was like, this is what we always do. Sometimes... We're stuck in situations with people and connected to relationships and toxicity because it's what we always normally do. Some of the cycles in our lives can't be broken because this is what we always do. We always do this. We always venture out and we always have these types of experiences. We always talk like this. We always approach life this way. And that's when it gets sketchy. Is when you finally hit the point of life where you say, you know what? I don't want to live life like this anymore. I don't want to go through life and experience this any longer because I am tired of getting in situations where I am almost drowning And people are minimizing and trivializing my issue, my struggle, the things that I'm facing because they are so used to either A, us normally acting this way, or B, expecting me to always have it. I always say the plight of the person who is the strong one is very great. Because when you are strong, people never anticipate that you could possibly, at any moment's notice, be weak. When you're the strong one and everybody's relying on you, when you're the strong friend, people rarely check on you because they automatically, unconsciously, in their mind, think you're good. Oh, they're good. I don't have to check on him. But they will check on the weak friend, the toxic friend, the unstable friend all of the time. It's crazy how you can be in a place where you're drowning and you're almost about to die and people have no idea. So what's the takeaway? When I look back at that situation. I could very much have looked back with frustration, going back and reliving it. I couldn't believe he was sitting on top of me and know that I didn't have a chance to catch my breath and I almost drowned and he almost killed me. Or I could say there were some lessons there. Maybe I need to be more aware of my surroundings. Maybe I need to be more aware of who I let my guard down around. Maybe I need to be more intentional about the people that I connect with. Maybe I need to be specific about what I need in this moment. And maybe I need to be more aware of the things that I am welcoming into my life by the behaviors that I am willingly participating in. Because there were certain things that in my life that happened to me that had nothing to do with me. That weren't my fault. But there were also some things that I brought on myself. And when you haven't healed your perspective, when you look back, you can get stuck there. I read a stat today and it literally shook my soul because it said 70% of people have reported That they feel stuck in their lives and only three out of ten people are actually happy with their lives. Stuck. Just like I was on this ledge minding my business. Relaxing. And then all of a sudden I was stuck. Couldn't move. Couldn't do. It didn't matter how hard I fought. It didn't matter what I did. I was stuck underwater, couldn't breathe, and there was nothing that I could do about it. So many people are living their life in a stuck perspective, in a stuck situation, in a stuck state. And nine times out of ten, people are stuck in their lives for one of five reasons. Because of self-sabotage, trauma, unforgiveness, cycles, or their cyclical nature, Or the place I like to call kinda. Where I'm kinda happy. I say, are you fulfilled in life? Kinda. Are you happy? Kinda. And people get stuck in these cycles. They get stuck there. And they're trying to figure out how to break free. They're trying to figure out how to get over the hump. They're trying to figure out how to get this load off of their chest. So they can breathe. They're trying to figure it out. I know what it's like to be stuck, but I also know what it's like to be free. I know what it's like to be in a place where you can't breathe, where you're about to die and you feel like there is no hope, but I also know what it's like to come out on the other side and you too can come out on the other side. You may have taken some hits or some blows that have taken your breath away. There may be some losses and some defeats that you don't understand that you can't reconcile with. There may be some things that you're holding on to that you're carrying into your now that is limiting your ability to show up in your next. You may be stuck. And here's the truth if that's where you are, Be there. Because people can't get healed, they can't get whole, they can't get free if they don't have a level of honesty and acceptance about this is where I am, this is what I feel, and I don't know what to do with it. What do I do when I feel stuck? What's the strategy? What's the plan? How do I get unstuck? When I don't even know how I got stuck in the first place. Because a lot of people are stuck because of a cumulative set of events. That things that have happened over time. That when you finally wake up and you feel stuck, or when you finally wake up and things hit the fan, it's not just a result of what happened yesterday. It's the things that have happened over years, over time. And before you know it, you've developed a cycle. You've developed a stronghold. You've developed this place where you are stuck, and you're living life almost in quicksand, and you can't get out. What do you do when you can't get out? What do you do when you're stuck, and you can't get out? If you're in that place, and that's you, and you're saying, "Well," I've been in a place where I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like I can't get ahead. I'm stuck and I keep self sabotaging myself because I keep looking back over my past and I keep rehearsing it through an unhealed perspective. I'm stuck with this trauma. I can't shake this unforgiveness in my heart because of what they did to me. If that's you and in your heart you say, but I really want to be free, I really do. That I really want. To take that step to get unstuck, go to my website, www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com and look for The Unstuck Experience. Click it, contact me, connect with me. And if you're ready, if you are really ready in your heart to get unstuck, I'll show you how. No matter where you are, no matter what you're facing, you can live healed, whole, and free. You don't have to live stuck. And even if you feel like you're drowning right now, if you keep fighting, if you keep pushing and give it one more go, I truly believe that you'll break free and be able to live the life that you've always dreamed of. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I hope that you found this episode both impactful and inspiring. Before you go, like and share the show, subscribe to it, leave us a comment, rate us and review us on all podcast platforms. Your engagement helps us reach more people and create a better show. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you're interested in more resources and tools of how to live a fulfilled life and step fully into your purpose or purchase your copy of the life-changing book, When Life Happens, head over to www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com for more information. Until next time, keep rising, keep thriving. And remember that no matter what life throws your way, you have everything inside of you you need to overcome and succeed when life happens.